Welcome back to the Technology in Worship podcast, where we talk everything technology in worship. And by we, I mean myself, Eric Coleman, and my good buddy, Benji Satorius. Benji. Eric. It's been a little bit. Yeah, we took a little time off. We took a little time off. I went uh, to the North Woods of Wisconsin to go hunting for a week. Wow. Unfortunately. I did not get anything. No? But the guy I went with did, so it's all good. Okay, great. But I'm going back again, so. When are you going then? Go. Uh, I don't know yet. Thanksgiving time, maybe. Maybe a little after Thanksgiving. We'll see. I get my deer, or a couple. I had a crazy two weeks that were just slammed with stuff, I feel like. And... One of those is uh, I had my final worship leader cohort meeting. Oh, yes. While we were away. But that wasn't on a day that we normally record. Right. But it was still fun to close that season or that year out. You did that for a year? Yep. Yep. Nice. So hopefully now I've become a better worship leader because of it and a better person. Yep. More importantly. That's better cool. follower of Christ. Nice. But we're back here at the round table, ready to talk technology. We are. And in the last two weeks, there's been a lot of changes around here once again. <laughs> uh, um, mission always uh, is changing stuff. Yeah, it's great. So we always, I love it. We always got to get on the, uh, the leading edge of technology, I guess, maybe. I don't know. So we're going to tackle the topic of like video production as a whole today. Yes. Because that's basically what you did is a giant video overhaul. Yeah. So let's just start with the why behind it. Like why briefly, like why is video important and like, why did you make a change? Sure. So video is super important, uh, especially nowadays, because a lot of people want to stay in their house and not go out and do anything because of COVID, even though that was like a long time ago. But anyways, don't get me on that rant. I still know a few people who There's are There's still people at home. that are all still on lockdown. Bundled up. Yep. And so we have to be able to reach out to those people, right? Obviously, I mean, video was a pretty big deal before that. Everyone, most people have cell phones and they'll watch YouTube videos or whatever on their phones. They take videos on their phones. Video is pretty important to be able to communicate to your church members without them actually being physically on the campus. Wouldn't it be great if you could just snap your fingers and immediately you'd get people more involved at your church? Picture it. People would press in during worship. They'd be fully focused during your sermons, and they would be excited to hear announcements. This is the wish of many churches because we all know the struggles of getting the attention of our community. That's where our friends at Church Motion Graphics can help. CMG equips churches with a large library of eye-catching graphics for worship, sermons, announcements, and more that will help you get attention and move your community forward in their faith. With just a few clicks, your church can start looking great, reaching more people 
and getting more involvement than ever. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com today. It's also one of the first, it's it's the new like church shopping. You just yes. pull up a live stream. We get a lot of people that will watch our church services for weeks or months before they actually enter in our doors. And then eventually they come into our doors and then they're here. So yeah, we get a lot of people from watching live streams and videos that we produce and stuff. So that's kind of why it's important is, you know, just reaching your people or new people uh, outside of your building that aren't on campus. I very much agree with that statement. The reasoning why we did our overhaul is just to be able to expand our video system a little bit more, uh, to be able to see visually, see things better. So what we actually did, so before we go too deep into all of that, what we, our old setup was actually, let me go back even farther than that. Take us back. Take us back to seven years ago. We did a video overhaul. We built a new uh, kids building. And with that building, then I came on staff. They had all the, the current staff at that time had a vision of wanting TVs in all of the nurseries and all the kids spaces so they could either watch shows or watch our live stream or watch the service live. So uh, they had these ideas, but then I came on staff and I was like, Hey, this current system cannot support all of that, which then ended up being, we need to upgrade our, or update and upgrade our video system. So back then we were, we were live streaming, but it was not an HD. It was robotic cameras. That was basically a pretty simple system. And so we, I pitched a full video upgrade system, which ended up passing. So we ended up doing a Blackmagic A10 2ME switcher, a 40 by 40 Blackmagic router, the big 2ME broadcast panel. We changed everything from <laughs> back then, like VGA. Oh, wow. MS- S video, S video. That's a video. That's a cable, right? S video. Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, system to SDI. So we, I pulled out all the old cable, ran all new cables, and really just did a huge upgrade. And then also moved the, at the time, current video uh, position, which was at front of house, into a room that was in this new children's video or uh, children's building so then we did all that it's been great three years ago we updated the projectors and then fast forward to like three four five weeks ago we're like okay we're kind of coming out of covid 
we were basically set for COVID video wise. We were already live streaming. We already had black magic cameras. We were kind of able to pull all that stuff off. But then we're like, okay, how do we increase the quality of our video now? Coming out of COVID, it's been a couple of years now. What can we do to take it up a step, basically? Which then got conversation rolling of uh, wireless video camera, a camera on a gimbal that can be controlled by or controlled remotely, more cameras, more video operators, kind of all, more, 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 all this stuff. So we ended up doing basically all of that. (laughs) Fancy stuff. (laughs) So all in a matter of like three weeks. Yeah. So we ended up doing a, which I think I've talked about in previous episodes, but anyways, we did a, Ronin RS2 gimbal. Uh, then a few weeks after we got that, we end up getting the middle things controller, which then controls, it can control the gimbal by a joystick or by a stream deck uh, through companion. And that has a Blackmagic Packet Cinema 6K Pro on it. We got another 6K Pro for a manned camera so on a tripod then we bought a studio 4k pro which is also a manned camera we had a 4k where we where we put that studio 4k at we put that 4k up on stage on a motorized slider for our drums nice and then we're like what about wireless video So then we started messing with a handheld camera. So we ended up now we're taking that 6K Pro, not on the gimbal, the other one, turn that into a wireless camera that can now go almost anywhere on our campus. It can go out in the parking lot like really far. We've tested all of it and it works really Really well. well. Yeah. So we did that. Well, now we're like, okay, our current video position where it's at in that kid's room or kid's building, we wanted to... Which is basically a tiny little closet. Yes. So when we built that building, take back, like I said, like, you know, a couple of minutes ago, it was kind of a, they wanted to do this. Our current system couldn't handle it. The building was already being designed and built, blueprints and all that stuff. And basically the only room at that time, six years ago, seven years ago, was a room in this children's building that was designed as a closet. Uh, Which, I mean, all I need is a couple four walls and a door and I can make a room work. work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was a little tiny it's not super big but it was was small it's small uh not much ventilation and all that stuff like it's a it's a closet so we we made it work it worked great but we wanted to now take that up 
another step. So we ended up des- uh, deciding to move that room to a room in the basement, which is not too far from our audio broadcast room. It, at the same move, we decided we should take ProPresenter out of front of house and put them into this room as well. Whoa. Yeah, so now our ProPresenter op is not in the same room as the worship space, basically. So what that allows, so they're both now in the same room. What this allows is them to be able to communicate a little bit better for videos and things like that, transitions and all that good stuff. So they all moved down into a room that's, uh, it's a pretty good-sized room. It's a, I don't know, 15 by 20 room, maybe 15, 10, 10 to 15 foot by 20. It's pretty good size. Which this room was being used previously for like Sunday school classrooms or well, something. Well, it hasn't been used for a while. Then Riley and I, Riley, our media content director, we moved into that room as our office. And then we're like, hey, let's take video up a notch. So we moved our office out of that room and moved video down into that room. So now this room has four TVs where it looks at the multi-views. It looks, it shows our program feed. It shows uh, lots of different things. Planning Center Live, our projectors. It's pretty sweet. So we are, and then within the, that change, we decided we need to change the names of all of our rooms. Oh, absolutely. Naturally. Yes. So our broadcast audio room, we changed to Studio A. Audio. A for audio. We... Now our video room, where ProPresenter, what we just designed and built out, is called Studio B for broadcast video. Makes sense. And then we're building out another room as we speak. That's called Studio C, which is where our camera for our filming announcements and all that during the week recording stuff. Camera starts with a C. C. So Studio C. Wow. Yes. Look at how that lined up. <laughs> it's like meant to be or something. So we have a Studio A, Studio B, Studio C. They're all basically within the same area in the basement. And so we're kind of all connected. We pulled some wires through the ceiling, pulled wires from upstairs uh, and all that. The, well, we'll talk, we'll talk video routing in a little bit, but that's basically... Uh, what we did, why we did it, and all that fun stuff. So that's basically why we, what we did and why and all that. So it was a, uh, a big change. Sounds like a big change. Yeah. So obviously two volunteer positions have moved now. So one out of the little closet and one out of the main worship center space to now join in with the in the same room together with your unity com setup that was made very easy because all it is is happens over the computer too so it's like the entire device the entire move was really simple 
because, yes, Unity is over the uh, network, so that's our intercom system. Our computers are on a KVM, so we didn't have to move a, a computer for ProPresenter. I just had to pull a line, network line for our KVM, hook it into our switch, set up a bada-bing, bada-boom. set up a keyboard, video, and mouse, and ProPresenter was then moved. The broadcast panel is power and network. So we actually left the actual switcher part, the video switcher, the brains of the system, still in that old video room. So we're basically keeping that as like our network room. That's where all of our cables run for video and all that stuff. But the broadcast panel, as long as it's on the same network, it can go anywhere in the building. So we literally pulled... uh, I think four video lines and five or six network lines. And that was was it. it. And that got our video, that whole video room up and running. So we pulled Dante in, we pulled a KVM line in, we pulled a few network lines for production network, two Dante lines. Actually, I think we pulled but anyways, yeah, it was it was like less than 10 cables or so, and we got the whole room up and running pretty quick. Nice. So we didn't, yeah, we didn't pull like projector cables and camera cables and all that stuff. So well, that's the beauty of the technology we have now is you can literally do it all over a network for the most part. It's true. And have a brain central hub yep. station. Yep. And move it technically probably anywhere in the world, but you don't have that necessarily <laughs> set up here. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe to my house. Well, that's some exciting changes. It was... How has the team great. been handling it? And what so, have been some of the challenges? The very f- So we went live with it uh, three or four weeks ago now. The first week before we actually went live with it, I technically was not on anything for that weekend. So I just sat in that room. Uh, We didn't have the broadcast panel moved yet. It was still in the old video room, but we had the KVM set up. I was not controlling ProPresenter, but I could see ProPresenter. And I basically just sat down there with just not doing anything really. And it was just for me to see, okay, did we miss something? Is something missing? Do we need to add something? Is this not going to work <laughs> at all? <laughs> uh, basically, all those things. And I just sat there for the entire multiple services uh, and kind of took notes of stuff and thought, okay, we should do this or do that or not do this, not do that. And then that following week is when we actually went live with two volunteers in that room. So we were able to make a couple changes during that week that I noticed. And yeah. And everyone's already been on comms and things like that where they were. Basically nothing as far as the operation of those two positions, absolutely nothing has changed. So the video switcher is the same. That panel is the same panels upstairs. They saw that multi-view. 
in the other room, they're just smaller screens. So now they're larger screens. ProPresenter was already running as a KVM system upstairs. So nothing there has nothing changed. We moved the stream deck down. It's still controlling lights. So we actually ran, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago when you were talking about uh, playback and tracks with the uh, running USB. USB over Ethernet. So now we have two lines of that. So we have a line upstairs at front of house to the computer in that video room, which is USB over Ethernet, which is where our lighting DMX controller is plugged into. Yeah. And then now downstairs in our video room has another USB to Ethernet adapter for running the stream deck and the headset for com. And I think that's it. Nice. So, yeah. So now we have those two splits, but that all worked out really well. No issues. And it's been pretty smooth. So I don't think... There's been a couple of things where like our volunteers were like, oh, we should do this or do that. But overall, it's like, this is great. We love this. This is amazing type of vibe. So those vibes are always good. Yeah. I was a little, I was a little weary about moving ProPresenter out of the room as far as like from a volunteer operation standpoint. Um, because it's basically always been at front of house. It's moved within the booth, but it's always been in the booth at front of right. house. Basically, like since we built that building. So it was that was probably the biggest change or the most difficult change. But they're like, this is awesome. This is great. So and you still have the KVM set up in the booth so that if you do, do. do operate it for smaller events yep. or so smaller our, team or whatever. Our junior high ministry uses that space. Uh, we hold meetings in that space, weddings, things like that, funerals. So in the case where we don't have a full production team, like a weekend service team, I can still access ProPresenter because of the KVM. I yeah. still have a, a station at front of house that I can log into if need be, which is one of the amazing things of the KVM. Yeah. So, and a very smart solution for those kinds yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. There's times where uh, actually we just had a meeting uh, a few Sundays ago where it was just Riley and I. So it was just the two of us. We didn't need videos or anything or cameras or anything. It was just, audio and pro presenter so we just logged into the kvm to pro presenter at front of house and we were able to rock and roll rock so, and roll rock and roll well meanwhile at harvest yeah um we have our setup is i guess similar but also different because front of house for us now is out in the room yep and we have a corridor room i don't know how to like production room where pro presenter and video live in the same yep. room and there's a door that you can shut off well shut <laughs> yes <laughs> so or shut that, off yeah or shut off so that <laughs> you know if they're talking or whatever it doesn't yeah echo into the and room. so that room is uh technically it's outside of your worship center but it's in the back 
with a big glass window so they can see into yeah. the worship center. It's not raised very much. It's almost basically floor level of the worship center. It's up like a couple Two feet. Two feet maybe. Yeah. So it's less. not like a it's not like a balcony or anything like that. No. It's it's close to floor level, glass window you can see into the the worship space. So our setup hasn't changed much recently, but a year ago or more we were able to get some black magic cameras. We've got two of the studio 4Ks pros, which I think are fantastic cameras. Agreed. Uh, we have two of the Blackmagic Ursa broadcast cameras. We have a couple of the marshals on stage, which are rocking a little fisheye, but nice. fix that soon. It's just a $10 lens to change that. And then our brain is in that same production room because we had the space yep. and whatnot. Yep. So I guess that's kind of it. It's, it's our <laughs> system. And we have a 2ME panel so I took, as well. I took like 20 minutes to describe what we just did. And you just did it in 30 seconds. Yeah, because you <laughs> described everything that we already have implemented let's, in let's a way. Let's talk, because I believe we both have video routers now. I do, yeah. Okay. You do. Let's talk about video routers, because I think video routers are overlooked a lot. But they add so much flexibility. Way too much flexibility. <laughs> Way too much flexibility. Sometimes it can get dangerous. Yeah. So most people, I would say, they have a video, if you have a video switcher and cameras. Uh, I would say most people, they take their cameras, they go into their video switcher, and then out of their video switcher to a computer or live streaming encoder device something another right right i would say most people probably have that set up or they that's the way that they think there's a piece of the puzzle that will open up your eyes to a lot of things i have an idea of what it is a video router, router. what yes so a video router is a they're typically uh, what they call a matrix router so you can send anything to anywhere wherever those cables are going to basically and you can send one thing to multiple outputs yes so you have sources and you have destinations so your sources would be like your cameras and computers and things like that your destinations would be projectors tv screens and so forth displays displays so and there's multiple ways that you can hook up a router. The way that we hooked up our router is pretty intense. So we actually have our outputs and our inputs, so our sources and destinations of our video switcher going into the router. Yes. We have all of our cameras going into the router, going in as sources. We have all of our computers from our kids rooms to our worship center like literally every desktop computer that's not like a staff computer so a production computer goes into as a source into this router and then all of our projectors anywhere in the building all of our tvs anything basically uh screen wise a display is 
also ran through as a destination through the router. Brilliant. And that's why we got a 40 by 40. Back seven years ago when we did that video upgrade, I'm like, 40 by 40, that is a that lot. That sounds like a lot. A lot, a lot of inputs and outputs. There's absolutely no way I'm ever going to fill this up. But then once you start talking about a ATEM 2ME switcher that has, I believe, 20, 20 inputs. 20 inputs. And like eight or something outputs with all the auxes and all that stuff. There's a lot of inputs and outputs right there. Yeah. Right? And not even talking about cameras. Not talking about computers. And then I also wanted to go a step further and take our kids' computer and projectors and our youth room kids, our youth room computer and projector also going into there. All of our state, like stage displays for all those computers and those rooms, everything runs to it. And what this allows is with a push of two buttons, basically, I can send any of those computers to any projector or any specific camera. Any. Any, yes. Uh, a specific camera like not even necessarily through the switcher itself, but I can take a specific camera and route it to any TV or any projector, projector I wanted to. Directly. Directly. I could go, I could take the switcher and also go to anywhere. So I'm able to make a lot of things happen with a push of like two buttons. I can make a room, an overflow room really quickly I can just boom, boom, and it's my switcher output for overflow for Easter, Christmas, whatever it might be. So I am actually, I believe, as far as like my destinations, actually my inputs, my sources as well, I basically almost filled up my 40 by 40 router. It's crazy. Well, you got to think about it. Your multi-view is also an input on the router too like yeah. just little things like that just thinking no, through I, I do not have a video device as in like source or destination right a computer a camera yeah a, a TV a projector I do not have a video device in this building that does not go through the video router mind blown <laughs> <laughs> unless it's like a quick like setup like a quick setup, uh, tear down TV on a rolling cart or like a, a quick projector, like a classroom projector that needs a quick setup. As far as like a permanent uh, video device, I don't have one that does not go through my video router. One of the most important parts of your worship services is your screen. Think about it. Everyone in your congregation looks to your screen for song lyrics, sermon notes, announcements, and scripture. It's a big deal. To keep your screens looking their very best, look no further than Church Motion Graphics. CMG has all of the eye-catching worship backgrounds, sermon and announcement slides, countdown videos, and more to bring your screens to life. Head over to churchmotiongraphics.com now to find your next great look. Yeah, we have the same 40 by 40 video router and 
Our building is longer. It's very long, like four miles. So we haven't had the opportunity yeah. to route in every single video source from every single building, especially because where our brain is, it's not is at the end of the building. It's yeah. not like in yeah, the middle of the building. Yeah, our brain is almost dead center. That was one reason why I wanted to pick the closet, I yeah. guess, as that video room central hub it's almost dead center so ours is set up for basically use in only our worship center yeah um building c as we call it on staff um center c c yeah it's also the third building that they've (laughs) built so anyway ours is kind of independent right within there but we do have displays out in the foyer that we're routing things to and from so you cannot set up your student room as an overflow uh well that's a little bit different i actually do have a fiber sdi to fiber or hdmi whatever it is over fiber to the youth center specifically so so is that coming out of the video hub or is that out of your switcher that's out of the video hub. Or I'm sending, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm sending the program feed. Got it. The broadcast program yep. feed out of the hub to this. Yep. So that you do have that connection, but as far as like the computer in your student room, is it's going, not connected through the right. router. That's yep. just kind of an independent. Yeah. Through that computer, yep. actually. Yep. But it, it does come off of the aux of that router or of that switcher switch tv studio or uh hd yeah in that room so i can kind of change what goes to the projector yep but it's kind of reliant on what i'm sending into the switch itself yeah when i when i first was trying to wrap my brain around all of that wiring it was it took a lot of brain power but i was like I don't see myself ever having to need to send my children's computer to the worship center projector, right? That's you probably, never know. That's probably never going to happen. But you never know. But on the flip side, I don't have to actually change inputs on my projector to make it an overflow, right? So if the computer was going directly to the projector in that room, chances are it's Nine times out of ten, it's set, it's ready to go. Yeah. If I need to change to overflow, now I have to change the input on the projector, not the video hub. And then then obviously I have to change it back. So the projector stays on the same input no matter what. It's all done on the video hub itself. And it's just it's just a lot easier to just push two buttons, beep, beep. boom, and it's good to go. So it's it's super simple, and I also know the wiring is always the same. No matter what room I go to, everything's going to the video hub, and then out of the video hub to a destination. That's just how it's ran. Yeah, I don't have to remember, oh, does this room go there? No, this one doesn't, but the other one does. Like, No, it just all goes there, and it's all ran over SDI. So to simplify it a little bit, too... Basically, instead of having a video cable directly between your computer and your projector, you have kind of two other connections. 
you have the video cable from your computer go to the router mm-hmm. and then from the router to the projector back to that room back to that to room the, but to the projector yeah so it's not happening within the same room it's Correct. going to this other Correct. room and back in and again i will never most likely never use the computer side of routing that computer anywhere else but it opens up the door for all the destinations as far as projectors yeah i can send anything to those projectors and we have we we run overflow overflow for quite often things. for like easter and christmas christmas eve all those types of events we will use sometimes we'll use the kids room as overflow sometimes we'll use the youth room as overflow but with this setup doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't care where it's at. Tell me where it's at, and in takes you the same amount of time. In two seconds, I'll have that room set up as overflow. So it's it's just always it just opens it up, and it's just amazing. I think an ideal setup has a router in it and a two me switcher in it. Yeah, because you can use one of the me's for your projector screens. And you can use that second one for broadcast. Maybe that's overflow, what goes through overflow, yeah. which is or, exactly what we do. So we have the two ME. Uh, one of them is strictly for the projectors in the worship center. The other one, which we change four times a year. Yeah. Basically, that's about it. We don't do iMag or anything like that. So it's just sending ProPresenter. And then the other ME is our broadcast feed, which would be our live stream recording overflow. The Atrium TVs always get that feed. So we're basically always actively switching that second ME. Every so often we change the projectors. So pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Meanwhile, I decided to purchase myself one of the little ATEM Mini Pros. Those little guys. Just the little guy. Which are pretty stinking awesome. They're pretty cool. Just because I had helped a friend. Uh, I was actually a camera operator on an event. And it was like a freelance gig for him. You know, his own little company. And I just realized, like, like, there's no reason... I couldn't do this like on my own and mm-hmm. help churches or help other people, which I have, but not like formally. Yep. But anyway, that little ME switcher guy, it's, it's pretty neat. Just there's, so you there's know. actually a lot of people that use those for like just um, like one on one, just videoing Zoom, Zoom yeah. calls. You, or have two, you have two camera angles or whatever for FaceTime or for YouTube, whatever it might be. Pointing down at the desk. A, or, yeah, top-down camera, straight on, side, and they just off to the side, on the, off the camera. You don't even really see them ever switching. They're actively switching, usually using those, the MEs. Yeah, or so the that was a little, little fun, little miniature yeah. tool. That we I'll, have one. I've used it once. Nope, I use it twice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's They're pretty cool. Just a quick... Uh, Set up a multi-cam shot for something and boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. I just came across the YouTube video that you can turn your phone or iPad into a multi-viewer screen I saw that from too. the ATEM. I saw that too. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. 
It's all it runs off of wire uh, a battery. You take uh, eight, the HDMI out into this little box, and then this little box plugs into your phone or iPad. You download the app. You click live or go or something like that, and then it turns your screen into a multi-viewer. It's pretty, pretty cool. Neat. For those like uh, set up setups. and go yeah. or traveling type of stuff. Obviously, you can do like the whole Pelican case, which I think you're probably ended end up going route or going that route. But yeah, you could just do it all from uh, a phone as far as your screen. And you can get a pretty small travel case, uh, legit video system going. So that's the idea is like you don't necessarily have to have all the fancy tech to get some of this stuff done either. I mean, those things are relatively cheap. They're three hundred dollars yeah. for the one I bought, which it is a one ME. It's limited to four HDMI inputs. Yep. yep. You can that one in particular. You can either do like live from it with because it only has one HDMI out, mm-hmm. or see your multi view. But the USB gets the program yep. feed. Yep. So it's kind of limited yeah. to being used only as but, like, I mean, a streamer. I would say for. Small churches, small to medium-sized churches, and small gigs, if you have a or multiple decent camera operators, you don't need more than four. Oh, yeah. And you can run that program feed into ProPresenter and do all your graphic overlays and even stream from ProPresenter. From ProPresenter, yeah. So, like, you can still make it look pretty polished and yep. fancy yep again with and also with good camera operators you can make it look like you've got six or eight cameras but really you only have four and it's it's legit so i'm hoping to pick up some side gigs with that nice but i'm sure i'll use it at harvest as well for different little yep. things yep nice anyway just thought i'd share that random fun little new toy i got what's something new that you got that you're like excited about i picked up i shouldn't say i we picked up nice a 3d printer at mission bible church wow it's actually actively printing as we're talking right yeah, now. yeah so if you could hear it throughout this podcast <laughs> every, that's so often why. It, it, every so often it has a little beep to it but anyways uh it's one of those things that I have thought about getting one for probably over two years. I'd say well over two years, I've thought about getting one. But it's one of those things that's like, uh, I don't know. I can't really ever see myself using it. I I could maybe see like a project here and there, but that's it. But then I was like, I'm sure it's one of those devices that once you get it, You'll find things every sort come of to use. mind to start printing and things like that. So uh, we are starting a photography team here at Mission, where we will have photographers uh, basically every weekend videoing, or sorry, not videoing, picture taking, taking pictures of our weekend services of basically all the different areas that happen throughout yep. our service. And our current uh, thought process with that is we provide all the SD cards for the photographers. They will check those out from us. 
they go snap their pictures, then they turn the SD card back into us. So I'm like, hey, I should print an SD card holder. Whoa. So that's what it's printing right now. Nice. Uh, we also, I have printed a CFast card holder as well for all of our Blackmagic uh, CFast cards. So it's just little projects here and there. I don't know how much I'll use it as far as now. It's like I just got it like a week or two ago. Yeah. So it's still like still Fresh. figuring out how to use it and and all that stuff. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty cool. Well, I've seen people print like microphone Mic clips, clips and cable clips, cable clips. Yeah. I I also uh I was helping a church not too long ago and one of their volunteers works uh for a company that has a massive 3D printer system and he's part of that um position that operates those so he's very big into 3D printing he made everywhere i looked in their like tech booth and area was something that he had printed so oh, like, that's cool headphone clips to clip to hang headphones off like a counter they also had an atem mini i'm not sure exactly which one but they had one but uh there's a lot of buttons on there that they don't actively use on there so he made a cover that's cool that like he took all the measurements and then he printed this cover and it said do uh, not touch touch or do not remove or something like that it's it was pretty cool like everywhere i looked it was like just something different and i'm like oh yeah it's kind of hard to like print those if I don't have one. Right. I wouldn't actively think about printing those unless I had a printer. So I'm hoping like over the next uh, few weeks, I'll be like, oh yeah, I could totally print that. We don't need to go buy that. So three hours later, it's done. Yeah. It's still faster than two day Amazon Prime shipping. That's true. And cheaper, technically. Technically. Over time, obviously the initial purchase of the machine and all that, but over time, it appears like it will be cheaper for most things. So, I'll be sure to get my request in sooner yeah. than later, so <laughs> that you don't get bogged down with all of your other projects. Yep. But yeah, so that's uh, it's kind of new here. There's there's always something new here. We always. Always changing something. That's great. Love it. So, Well, thanks for listening to the Technology in Worship podcast. And we're so glad that we could hopefully tickle your ears today. Tickle <laughs> your ears. <laughs> I did not say that. You did. I did. <laughs> uh, but thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to like us on, like and follow us, I guess, on Instagram. Yes. And actually, I was thinking, Benji, you could maybe post that picture to our Instagram of your broadcast room. Oh, yes, I can. I can do that. Yeah. So that people can kind of pull that up and reference yes. it. Or I will post that. Studio B. Studio B. Called. That's correct. Thanks for listening. See you later. See you.